everyone. This is Pastor Ryan, and this is our podcast. Welcome to Live Alive Church, and I just want to thank you for listening in. I hope this message encourages you, strengthens your faith, and causes you to keep pressing forward for who God has called you to be and created you to be. God bless. you to turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and we're going to start in a new series this month this new year and it's going to be on faith and it's going to be about how faith I believe happens in steps and happens in increments and it happens in a process it happens one thing after another have you ever been in a situation in your life where you've had faith that God would do something and then he comes through and does it but then he takes you a little deeper and then you he has you have to rely on him to trust in him to do something even greater the next time and i believe it happens in steps there's there's a process to it and and i want to preach a little bit on the message today and it's going to be about confidence and i want to build your confidence i believe that through this series that our faith is going to be stretched and that we're going to grow deeper in the Lord, and I believe that whatever, what, what, what better time is it to do it than now, the beginning of a new year, so we can grow our roots deep down in who Christ says that we are and what the Bible says that we are. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 1, and this is what the Bible says. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. And assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Now I want you to jump over to verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith. He made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did, Jake, as, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with them of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who, has, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as, a, and, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. So I want to speak to you on our first message in this series, building your confidence. So let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. God, I pray that you would speak to us today, that you would fill us with your spirit, that you would encourage us today. Take us deeper in your word. Give us revelation. Give us strength. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So I believe that in order for us to first have faith and or understand faith that we first need to know who God is does that make sense because you can't have faith in something that you know nothing about 
So before you can have faith in God, you need to know who he is. A lot of people have faith in things in this world that they know nothing about what it is or who it is. There's a lot of people who have faith in the vehicles that they drive, but not knowing that maybe it could break down on the side of the road. But we believe that when we get in our vehicle, it's going to get us from point A to point B. But I can tell you that there's somebody that you can have faith in that he's never going to break down on you. He'll never upset you. He'll never deceive you. He'll never manipulate you. He'll never break you. He'll never, he'll never do anything that is going to physically harm or hurt you in a way that you might have faith in some other person. Because let me tell you something. People will hurt you. People will let you down. Yes, I may be pastor, but there might be a time in my life that I might let you down because I am a person. I am flesh. I, look, I'm not perfect. There may be something you may need me for, and I might not be there to do it for you at that moment, but just know that I am praying for you. Just because I might not be there in an instant or in a moment like God can. Let me point you to the one that can be there in an instant and suddenly in a moment. And let me just tell you that even when it looks like that God isn't doing a thing, he is doing a thing, Jessica. It may not look like it to our physical eye, but to our spiritual eye, God is moving the pieces to the puzzle where he needs them to be moved to. And if we continue to keep our faith and keep our sights on him, then he will get us to the destiny that he has called us to. But we have to first understand who God is in order to understand what faith we have in him. So I want to ask you this question today. Don't answer it, but I'm going to ask you this question and maybe it will be with you through the rest of the week. Who is God in your life? Who is God in your life? Have you ever just stopped and pondered and asked yourself the question, who is God in your life? Well, I can tell you from my own perspective that God is not a fake and God is not some made up fairy tale. He is not some fable. He is not some fake. God is real. God is my protector. God is, God is my provider. God is my healer. And God is my deliverer. I think that you need to know who God is before you can know what faith is. Because you can't have faith in something you know nothing about. God is not a God to be made into your own preference. Amen. Do you understand? Do I need to say that again? God is not a God that needs to be made into your own preference of who you think he is. See, a lot of people call themselves Christians. Listen to me. A lot of people call themselves Christians, but they are paganistic Christians. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. This is going to mess up somebody's theology. A lot of people say they're Christians, but they are paganistic Christians yeah. because they preference their own God into the image they want to see who he is. In other words, we want 
We, we, we want the cross, but we don't want conviction. We want the forgiveness, but we don't want the fight. We want the healing, but we, won't, we, we don't want the commitment. We, want, we don't want the determination to follow Christ and to follow his example and to follow his obedience to his word and what he says that we should do in this book. So a lot of people make up their own fairy tale Christ of who they think they need him to be. In other words, I'll believe in, in the promises that are yes and amen, but I don't want to believe in the, the, the conviction of the word where it says that he can damn your spirit into heaven hell if you don't if you don't follow the be obedient to what his word says mm -hmm. we, we want to listen to the sugar-coated to the to we want to listen to the to the watered-down word and we want to listen to the only things that we want to hear that are going to make us happy inside but not make us holy see we want to be happy when we come to church we don't want to leave holy we just want to come happy we got to get past the state of saying, God, it's not about what I can come to church to get from you anymore. It's what can I bring to the table? What, how can I serve you? How can I worship you? How, what can I do to be more like you to serve those in my family, to serve those in my community, and serve those that are around me? What can I do to be more Christ-like in my life? Because, look, when, back, when, back when I used to play video games, and I don't play them no more, but I remember there was games out, and it probably still does have games out nowadays where, you know, you could, you, there was these boxing games, and, you know, I played a lot of sports games and a lot of, uh, you know, basketball, NBA games, you know, on PlayStation 3 or Xbox, but back then it was Nintendo 64. And, but all these different games, you could make your own character. Just like on your phone, the, the, the emojis you have on your phone, how you can, you can make your own emoji and you can make it look like you and put, put hair on it. Some people who don't have hair, you know, they got the bald emojis out there. Some of them have facial hair. We'll put facial hair on. But some of these video games, what you could do is, is that you could make your own character. He could have certain kinds of... He could have a certain kind of jacket on, or he could have a he could have a, a a hat on, or he could have glasses on, or he could have different kinds of shoes, and he could have a chain on if he wanted to, or he could he he could be black, he could be white, he could be Hispanic, he could be whatever you wanted him to be. You could make him the way you want to make him, so that way it would fit the preference of what you like. Well, I like that, and 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 I like this, and I like those shoes, and and I, and I like that shirt, so I'm gonna make. My, I'm going to make my guy on the video game look real cool. Well, I'm afraid that that's the same thing we've done by coming to church, that we've done made Jesus out to be into some kind of image that we want to see him as in the preference of as we like him. We like when he's, when we, when we sing the songs about him being the healer. We want we like the songs about him being, being the deliverer. We like the songs about him being the God of miracles, but we don't like it when it, he talks about sin in the Bible and we don't like it when we when he talks about other things in the Bible that hurts our own feelings why because we are an emotional kind of people and we more so operate by our feelings than we do by our faith so therefore we're carried on by our feelings instead of having this relationship with God by faith that we should walk each
each day in our lives and say, God, if you can just make me a little bit better than I was yesterday. See, that's the problem with the church today. We don't want to work on the here and now of who we are and how we can become better. We just think that going to church every single Sunday is going to make us a Christian. Yeah, we, we come to church every Sunday. Let me tell you something. You can come to church every Sunday and not be saved. You can come to church every Sunday and not be a Christian. You can come to church every Sunday thinking that you're saved, but you're not. Why? Because you've made up Christ in your own image of who you think he is and you made up your own preference of who you think he is and you and you've lived by your own standards, not by his standards. Mm -hmm. you, you live by, and this might hurt some, some people online, this might hurt their ears when I put this out online, but, but we live by, okay, don't be drunk. With wine where it is in access, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't want to do with that scripture. We come to church on Sundays, but then we get drunk on Saturdays. Every Saturday we get drunk and we're out partying with the crowd. And what kind of witness is that? I mean, I understand that we, we have struggles. I understand that, you know, sometimes we, we battle with things. And, but there has to come a time in our life that if you really, truly love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul, that you will not go out there and continue to sin and continue to live in sin and then try to come to church like you're living a holy life. You can't do it. It's, it's, you can't, look, you can't love God and love mammon. You either love one or love the other. You, you can't love the devil and love God. You, you can't love smoking weed and love Jesus. You, you, you can't, you can't do it. It's, it's not going to happen. And this, we have to live by faith and believe that his word is true. And no matter what this word says, I believe in the whole word, nothing but the word. I don't leave, I don't, I don't, I don't live by just part of the word. That just makes you part Christian. I don't live by half of the word. That just makes you half Christian. I don't live by three quarters of the word. That just makes you a three quarter Christian. I live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Just like Jesus said that man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The Lord, because this is the only thing that will sustain us. This is the only thing that will strengthen us. A lot of people want to go to other people for a word from the Lord. You got to give me a word. You got to give me a word. Let me tell you something. There's 66 books in this thing. God has a word for you right in here. Pastor didn't give me a word this morning. I didn't get no word from Pastor. Let me tell you, honey, I love you dearly, I do. But I think the Bible says that the pastor is supposed to equip the saints. Amen. Right? Let me point you to the one who can give you the word. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by what? The word. Of God. Mm -hmm. You have to go to the Word 
in order to have faith. But you can't have faith in something you know nothing about. Just like when I, look, I, I knew that Christianity was some type of religion before I was saved. But, I, but it wasn't until I heard about what this Jesus did that broke my spirit and crushed me. And I felt the weight of my sin. And then I knew in the instant when I got saved, I knew all about who he was. Why? Because I had faith by believing and hearing about this Jesus going to the cross and dying for me and shedding his blood for the forgiveness of my sins, knowing that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I knew by hearing those words, by believing that word, that I had faith knowing that by him doing that, that he would forgive me of my sins, my name would be written in the Lamb's book of life, that he would bring healing to my life, that he would bring deliverance to my life. But it didn't stop there. It didn't stop there. We have to put our own effort into this walk with God. And I think that's what the church and, and people have mis, been misconceived. That we forget that, yeah, Jesus paid it all, but where's our efforts come? Right? I mean, think about when, you know, Peter at the end of the book of John, when when. When, when Christ went to the cross and he appeared to his disciples and then Peter said, you know what, Jesus is gone. What did he say? I go a fishing. So the only thing he knew to do was to go back to what he used to do. So when he went out, he took some of his disciples with him. They went on the water and then all of a sudden the guy that was on the seashore, which they didn't know it was Jesus at the time, he said, throw your net onto the other side for a great catch. And they let their, their nets down and then they, they caught a bunch of fish. They went to the seashore and what was Jesus doing? He had already made them breakfast. But what he was trying to tell them is that you have to, in order for us to work together, this is a reciprocal kind of relationship that you have to put in the effort to do something as well. And so we have to have our own efforts into putting into this walk with Christianity, with this walk with God, so that way we can get to the destiny that we can receive the promises that are ours and receive the gifts of God that are ours and to receive his healing, to experience his power, to experience his presence. The Greek word, watch this, the Greek word for faith is pistis, Right? It means assurance, confidence, or belief. So I want to talk about the confidence that you should have in God. So when you leave here that you're more confident in who you know who God is in your life so that you can be built up in your faith and have a stronger and deeper relationship with who he is. Watch this. When you make God, I miss this, when you make God into your own preference, you limit his power in your life. Because you've made up your own, you've made up a superhero, not a supernatural delivering power, faith believing God in our lives. But I want to build your confidence today. Watch this. God told Abraham to leave from your country and go to a place that I'm going to show you. He said, leave from the country that you're going, that, that you're in, and I'm going to take you to a land that I'm going to show you. I'm sorry, I'm just being distracted by all this, so, so just forgive me. So Abraham, watch this. So Abraham was in a state with his family, 
He was in a position with his family where God spoke to him and said, leave from the place that you're in and I'm going to take you to a promised land and I'm going to show you. That's, that, that, that you're going to have all these descendants and I'm going to bless you and this is what's going to happen in your life. You can read it in, in Genesis chapter 12. So what happened was is that Abraham had faith. Watch this. He believed the word of God and then had the confidence in him to get to where he said he would take him. Right? So in other words, watch this. Abraham believed in the source in order to take a step. So he believed in the word. He believed in the promise. So he had faith that God was going to get him to a place that he called him to. Just like the Bible says here, he says, even though he did not know where he was going, he, even, he still even went out of obedience. So he believed the source, so he had faith to take a step. So you have to understand, and what I believe is that in order for us to have faith, we have to put it into action and take a step. Because God could have spoke the word to Abraham, and Abraham could have just stayed where he was. Amen. But I think the reason why we don't see the fullness of God's promises is because we stay instead of taking a step. We like to stay God's going to do it. God said he's going to do it. God's going to do it. God said he's going to do it. So I'm going to stay right here and I'm waiting on God. I love that one. I love that one. I oh, I love it. I love people like, I'm, I'm waiting on God. No, honey. I think God's waiting on you. <laughs> I think God's waiting on you. God's been ready. He's already wrote the story. He knows the beginning from the end. He already knows what's going to take place, what's going to happen. He's just waiting on you to take a step. And he believed the source. He believed in the one who said, leave from your country to a place I'm going to show you. And he showed and told him that I got a promise for you, but in order for you to get to the promise, you have to take a step and take action to where I'm going to take you. That's what faith is. Abraham didn't know where he was going, but he did say, grab your family, get your stuff, and get out of here. And Abraham said, okay, and took off walking. And the, watch this. The more you take off and take steps, the more God will show you the direction you should take. Because if you read the story of Abraham, when he took off walking, God just kept telling him, go here, go there, stay here, don't move. Go here, go there. And then he got to a place. He got to a place, and I love this. I love this. You... I love this right here. You got to go to the Bible. You got Genesis chapter 13. Turn, turn with me. Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13 started in verse 14. And watch this. You have to believe in the source, right? I want you to get this in the head. You got to believe in the source. Who's the source? God is the source. 
God is our provider. God is our protector. God is our de deliverer. God is our healer. God is the one who can bring salvation into our lives. So we believe in the source. So once we can understand who God is and believe in him, then we can trust and believe and take steps towards where he is calling us to go. Just like my little kids, right? My little boys, they would be on the bed or be on the counter. I'd sit them up on the counter. And Liam, he loves to do it. I'll sit them up on the counter. I'll, I'll sit them up on the counter. And, and when I sit them up on the counter, he'll reach his hands out. And I'll say, come here. And he'll just kind of, he'll just fall. Fall right into my arms. And sometimes I'll stand him up on the counter. And he'll just take a leap and just jump. Jump right in my arms. But why does he do that? He's got faith in the source. He's got faith that daddy is there and daddy's going to catch me. Daddy's not going to let me fall. Daddy's going to hold me in his arms. And that's the same point in our lives and place that we need to get in our lives and believe that if God says jump, jump. If God says take a step, step. If God says go, go. If God says do it, do it. And believe by faith that he is going to do exactly what he said he's going to do. And he's going to get you exactly where he said he's going to get you. So watch this. He, he, he told Abraham, this is what he said. Genesis chapter 13 verse 14. Genesis chapter 13 verse 14. He says, the Lord said to Abram after Lot had parted from him, look around from where you are to the north. And south to the east and west, all the land that you see, I will give you and your offspring forever. Watch this. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Watch this. Go walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. That's what he said. Walk it out. What, what was he telling him to do? I'm showing you the land that I'm giving you. I'm showing you the land, but I want you to take a step. I need you to take a step and walk it out. Walk it out. That's what he told him. He said, walk up and down. All, every, every place that you take a step, Everywhere your foot takes a step, everywhere your every place that your foot steps, this whole land I'm giving you. But here's the catch. Here's the catch. Are you ready? Are you ready? He gave, God gave, gave Abraham just part of the promise at that moment. Because who was the promise coming through? There was a land that he was going to take him, but there was a promise that was supposed to be birthed through. Sarah and Abraham through their descendants were going to come through them. He's seen the land, but where's the child? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So God told him to leave from his country to a place I'm going to show you and I'm going to bless you and your descendants are going to be great. But okay, God, I see, I see the land. I see, I see the land. I see part of it. But I don't see the full promise. Because watch this. God will show you pieces at a time to build your confidence to take the next step. He'll show you pieces of your promise. 
at a time to build your confidence. So that way, once you see pieces at a time, you'll have the confidence to say, okay, God, I'm taking another step. Because could you imagine if God said, leave from the country you're in. I'm going to take you to a land. You're going to have this. You're going to have that. And then all of a sudden, the next day, Sarah was pregnant, and they were already in the land that God was going to give them. No. God said, it's going to be a journey. Everybody say journey. Faith is a journey. And it takes steps to get there. It takes steps to get to our promise. It takes steps to get to our destiny. It takes steps. And the steps, each step of faith that we take, God will honor each and every part that we take. But we have to understand that we have to believe in the source, trust in Him, and have faith that through it, just like even Paul, he told the Philippian church while he wrote this letter in jail. How can you have... He wrote this, he wrote this letter in prison to the Philippian church saying these words, I am confident of this one thing, that he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it to the very end. How in the world can you have confidence in a God? How can you have confidence in a source when you're sitting yourself in a prison cell, deep down dark in a dungeon, where they would open up the airways that was the dungeon that they were in was a sewage area where rats and mice, so they would open up the airways so you could smell the feces going through the prison that he was in. And it was just rotten and tampered and just beat up. And he was in And he's writing this letter to the Philippian church. I'm confident. Some of us, when we're in a storm or we're in a struggle and when we're in a battle, we're like, and God, and we don't see God come through yet. We're like, I'm not, I don't know. Is God even real? <laughs> Hello? I mean, I've been there. God, are you, your word says you're a healer. He, they're not healed yet. What's going on? God, you said you're a deliverer. Why, why, why isn't there any signs of deliverance? Why, am I the only one? Yeah. We get to that place, but we have to understand that we have to build our confidence. Here's the thing. You can't build your confidence in yourself until you build your confidence into who God is. You understand? You can't be confident in who you are until you're confident into who He is. Because when you go to the source and you know He's the maker, He's the creator, He's the one who formed you, He's who you, your identity lies in, when you have confidence in that, you can have confidence in yourself, knowing and trusting and believing that if God spoke it, even though just like the Bible says, Abraham didn't know where he was going, God, even when it looks like I don't even know where I'm going, I'm still taking a step. Why? Because you spoke it. You promised it. I believe you're going to deliver it. I believe you're going to do it. I believe you're going to get me through it. And then, and then I, I like the part about Sarah. Let's go back to uh, Hebrews real quick, if you can. Real quick, and I'm going to wrap this up. Hebrews 11. And it says, 
And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. Because she considered him faithful. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. When God speaks something into our lives and we have faith that he's going to do it, the picture of it all from generations to come is so much bigger the reason why we're fighting so hard now, and, and I believe this, Mary. I believe this, Jimmy. I believe this, okay? The reason why I believe that Live Alive Church is fighting so hard is because we're a Abraham and Sarah. Why? Because we've launched out. We've started by faith. When God said, do it, we did it. Right? He's honoring our commitment. He's honoring our sacrifices. He's honoring our obedience. But the reason why the devil is fighting us so hard, I believe this with all my heart, is for the generations that are going to be saved after this. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Everybody came through that lineage. Why is there so many people in this world today? Why God gave that promise to Abraham and Sarah that your descendants will be like the sand on the seashore, like the stars in the sky? They didn't get to see all those people that God promised them. But the promise came through that one person, Isaac. That was their promise. How they met the sand on the seashore, and how they met the stars in the sky was through their promise, Isaac. This is our Isaac. People are going to be saved. People are going to be delivered. The reason why we're fighting so hard is because the enemy is afraid of what God is going to do through this ministry and through this, this, this church and through what God's going to do in and through all of us. We took a step of faith when God said, go out and launch a church. We took a step, right? That's what we did. We launched out. We went to the Civic Center. Now we have our own building. And, you know, some people have gone, came, and some people have gone, which is fine. God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. He's wanting those people who are hungry, thirsty, and want to chase after him because that's the only way that we're going to reach those people who are lost. It's when you have a soul thirst appetite to reach people who are broken and reach people who are lost. And that's what I want this church to be all about. I want to be a soul-winning, soul-saving, evangelistic, Bible-preaching, Holy Ghost-anointing, Holy Ghost-baptizing ministry. And if that ain't the Bible, then I don't know what Bible is. We at this church 
And if I'm in, in 50 years, I'm dead and gone, 40 years, whoever's after this, I want them to know that Pastor Ryan preached his heart out. And he preached nothing but the Word of God. Because you know what? I have to stand before Jesus one day. And even the Bible says that teachers and preachers will be judged even more strictly. And I want to, I, I am accountable for those who I preach the Word to. And I want, to, I want people, I want my legacy after I'm dead and gone and when I'm with the Lord. Don't cry for me because I'll be alive evermore. <laughs> you have a party for me. Look, have a party. Don't cry, have a party. That's all I can tell you. If some of you are still here when I'm gone. But either way, we have to believe in the source. If you don't get anything out of this today, believe in the source, take a step. That's how the only way we're going to live by faith is taking a step, is working the word. We got to work the word in our lives. We got to work the word. Yes, we got to live it and we got to work it. And, and, and we, we have to, exactly, Jess, we have to do what the word of God tells us to do. If not, then we'll just be like the children of Israel and we'll continue to wander around in the desert. And then and guess what happens when you start wandering? You start complaining. Yep, just like that, complaining. You mean to tell me we've ate this bread, quail, and I was better off in Egypt, garlic, and all that. Yeah, that's what happens. We have to have our sights set on what this word is teaching us. We have to be kingdom-minded people. And I believe that we're finally getting to this place in the ministry where I believe that this new year we're going to see leaps and bounds on what God is going to do because we're getting dialed down and we're aiming towards a target and we're going to be focused on our vision more so clearly this year to reach the goal of what Live Alive Church is about. And once people see that, people will start coming and people will start being dedicated. People will start being committed to what we're teaching and what we're preaching because people see your life, see how you live your life more so than what that comes off your lips. You understand? There was a man of God when I was teaching and preaching at Teen Challenge. There was a pastor who had a neighbor that wasn't saved. And the guy would watch that pastor cut his grass and just watched how he talked, watched how he lived his life. And you know what that guy said? He said, I didn't believe in Christianity. I didn't believe in God. <clears throat> but I got saved. You want to know why he got saved? Yeah, he, he, he ended up believing in God, but he got saved because he watched that pastor live how you're supposed to live as a Christian. He said, I watched how you live, and you lived it. There were, see, see, that's the thing. A lot of people will speak stuff off of their lips, and this is what you got to do. You got to do that. People are watching. People, are, people will watch your life. I forget who it was, but I forget who it was that said this, and I'm about to wrap it up and be done. He said, there's five Gospels. There's five Gospels. And most people only read one. You ready? 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and you. And most people skip past the first four and watch people's lives. There's five Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then you're the fifth Gospel. Most people don't even read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They read the person. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word.